Good morning. Thanks for taking time to be able to be here with me today and Pastor Mark and, of course, your fellow brothers and sisters in Christ. Uh, we have the privilege of being able to start a brand new series together today. Uh, here's our little graphic. Pastor Mark made this for me. Thank you, Pastor Mark. I love it. Honoring heritage, leaving legacy. Honoring heritage, leaving legacy. So for two weeks, we're going to start out kind of looking back a little bit about our heritage and that which we honor. There's a lot of things that we can give homage to that allow us to have the freedom and the wherewithal to be able to be here and worship today. At the same time, we'll look forward then to the legacy that we are allowed to leave, that we are allowed to share with generations who come after us or generations that are here with us now of the great news that God has given to us. You know, this really works well with our scripture readings for today. We have the Old Testament lesson, and we had that gospel lesson, and they do exactly the same. One gives us that great and wonderful heritage, that which we honor, that points forth of a Savior that was to come, and the other leaves this legacy for you and for me about the Savior that has come for us. And so today, uh, I want to look at both of those readings together from Jeremiah and from the gospel, and we're going to kind of compare and contrast them with some different events that are going on in our world right now, like today. What is today? You can yell it out. Yeah, it's, it's Super Bowl Sunday. Everybody in the first service didn't want to say it either. It's like they're saying a bad word in church or something like that. It's on your mind right now. Let's talk about it real quick. You're thinking about the dip that you need to make, or as Pastor Mark said, something you still forgot at the store that you need to get. Uh, Super Bowl, a lot of you will probably celebrate it in a lot of different ways with friends and family that you gather around. Uh, I saw one article this week that I thought was interesting about the Super Bowl. I saw it three days ago online, and it was about the Super Bowl making history this year for one thing in particular. There's going to be a recording artist at halftime that actually signs through sign language the different uh, elements that go on for the, the halftime show. So people who aren't able to be able to hear can actually receive communication in their, their own way. No joke, they're going to have somebody that's doing that. Now, I think the halftime show is like a rap show. Is that right? So this is going to be super interesting, everybody. I can't wait to be able to see this. I don't know uh, sign language. I think, Pastor Mark, you actually do know a little bit of sign language. He's pretty decent with it. Um, I only know one thing uh, that the preschoolers taught me. Pretty, pretty simple. Uh, maybe you guys can do it with me. It's super easy. Yeah, do it with me real quick. Jesus loves me. That's all I know, but I think it's a pretty good one to be able to know. All right, Super Bowl today. Uh, what is tomorrow? Yeah, and if you said the day after the Super Bowl, you were in big trouble, more than you know. Yeah, tomorrow is Valentine's Day, and we, as American adults, will spend $23.9 billion on gifts and uh, different experiences tomorrow. Think about that. There's only about 250 million adults in America, and as Americans, we'll spend $23.9 billion dollars. Uh, you may not know this. Pastor Mark does not like Valentine's Day. Christy, you'll be lucky to get the altar flowers tomorrow, <laughs> but I hope that he gets you something really good. Why are people spending all that, all that money? 
What are they looking for? Where are they, they hoping? Yeah, I guess to put it easily, it's love, right? They're hoping to find love. Why do we have this day? It's got some interesting history that goes along with it. So let's look back a little bit at our heritage today. Let's look back at our, our heritage. So Valentine's Day uh, comes and is named after St. Valentine. Most of you probably knew that. He was a priest that lived in the 200s, and during that time, he was under the emperor Claudius. Uh, Claudius was not a nice man in any way. His nickname was actually Claudius the Cruel because he was so bad to people around him uh, and horrible, horrific to his enemies. He liked to be able to conquer things. He liked to be able to, to take over and he was having a problem recruiting more and more men to serve in his army and to be able to serve on his forces. He thought that was because they all wanted to stay home and be able to have families, to be able to take care of children and to be able to take care of, of wives. And so he made it a law that no one could get married. All marriages were to be able to end. Uh, Valentine said, uh, that's not something I'm going to do. Uh, the world is not going to tell the church what to do in any way. And Valentine continued to be able to do ceremonies for husbands and wives united together in that special circumstance. With that, though, uh, the emperor found out. And on February 14th of about the year 270, he had Valentine brought forth, arrested. He had him uh, clubbed. And then he had him beheaded. I haven't seen that Hallmark card yet, but it's out there somewhere. <laughs> yeah, that's what, we, that's what we celebrate tomorrow. But more importantly, uh, we look back and we have this martyr, this martyr that stood up for what he believed in. Better yet, this martyr that stood up for what God said was correct, not just what he knew to be true. You and I are called to be able to be martyrs for our Lord. And there are many people that have come before us as we honor the heritage that we have. All the disciples, all the apostles, of course, Jesus himself. And to be a martyr doesn't necessarily mean that we will die for our faith, but it does mean that there are probably a lot of things that we will give up for our faith. Again, not because we think it's right, but because God tells us it's right. There are a lot of people that will have that exchange of different experiences of love tomorrow that they hope they have the, the perfect match with them. And you know what? The same thing happens in our gospel lesson for today. Uh, Jesus has come to the people, and they come from everywhere to be able to see him. The multitudes are just pouring out. And so let's see what happens with the people today, again, in our scripture text. It says that the people had come to see Jesus, to be able to hear him, and to be healed of their diseases. Those troubled by impure spirits were cured, and the people all tried to touch him because the power was coming from him and healing them all. Imagine what that must have been like, all those people just wanting just to be there with Jesus, cheering him, just wanting to be able to touch him. We might see that a little bit in the Super Bowl today, right? You'll get tens of thousands of people that are gathered around cheering their team on, right? 
People have face paint on, they'll have signs, they'll have flags, they'll have jerseys with team names or team players' names on it. Uh, they'll hang over the tunnel as the gentlemen come out trying just to be able to, to touch them, just to touch a shoulder pad, to be able to say, I felt that power for just a second. And that's the scene that we see today, but more impactful on the side of Jesus. But you know what happens every time we have a Super Bowl game? We always, of course, have a winner, but we always, of course, have a loser, too. All of us know what it's like to lose. Maybe you've been rooting for your favorite team, and it seemed like they had it in the bag. It was going to happen, and then that disappointment sets in, right? It's just, I can't believe that happened. How did he miss that kick? Did these guys really get paid to play this game? And you think those things, that disappointment hits. You had the bar set so high. I knew my team was the underdog, but they could do it. I knew my team was the favorite. They should have easily have done it. Today, when the people are there with Jesus, they start to see all these things. Jesus is, is healing people. Jesus is being able to take away their diseases. He's removing impure spirits. And they start to think, wow, what else can he do? What else can, can Christ do for me, maybe he can, he can remove us from the oppression of Rome. Maybe he can put us back on top. We can be those winners again. What are the other blessings that Jesus can continue to be able to give to me? He's already given me all these things. I bet there's a whole bunch more to come. But then a little disappointment sets in when we look at the text. First, Jesus looks at his disciples, and he says something very, very different. Because looking at them... He said, blessed are you who are poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. It's interesting. Blessed because you're, you're poor? Maybe that's just for the disciples. They're followers of Jesus. Their reward is sharing the, the good word. They're out being able to do that. Maybe it's, that's okay. They're poor. They're, they're humble. Not for us, the crowd of people that are there that day. And then Jesus turns to the, the crowd that's with him, and he says something similar. Blessed are you who hunger now, for you will be satisfied. Blessed are you who weep now, for you will laugh. Wait, Jesus, I'm blessed because I, I hunger? Because I don't have enough? Jesus, I, I'm blessed because I, I weep? Because I just lost somebody in my, my family? That doesn't say, seem to make any sense. Well, maybe Jesus was just talking to his disciples. Maybe he was just talking to the crowd that was there that day. He probably wasn't talking to, to us, right? And he goes on further. Blessed are you when people hate you, when they exclude you and insult you and reject your name as evil because of the Son of Man. Rejoice in that day and leap for joy because great is your reward in heaven. It doesn't seem like such a great blessing that, that God pronounces down upon you today. When people hate you, when they exclude you, when they insult you, when they reject you. Does anybody like those things? But he says, still in this we are blessed. Often we will think that we are blessed because we have a good job. We will think that we are blessed because financially things are going well. We will think that we are blessed because our relationship with our spouse is fantastic. 
we will think that we are blessed because our, our health is in great, great condition. And those are all blessings from the Lord, but they do not determine if we are blessed or not. Just because I am feeling healthy today, but my friend that is in the hospital right now that is not feeling healthy doesn't mean that I am more blessed than he is. We are all blessed because of, well, that first song that we sang today, that we are children of God, that you and I are loved so much that God creates us, that he sustains us, and that he continues to be able to be here with us. So in our state now, as he says, no matter what your condition looks like, you are our blessed. And I know that's hard to be able to reach sometimes, but it's the truth, not because I tell you but because our God tells you. Let's look at the Old Testament lesson and compare and contrast as we honor our heritage and honor those martyrs, all those prophets that came before us. And the prophet Jeremiah today gives us the word, and he says this, Cursed is the one who trusts in man, who draws strength from mere flesh. That person will be like a bush in the wastelands, and they will dwell in the parched places of the desert. We understand this, right? Parched places of the, of the desert. We just need to walk outside and uh, go to the parking lot right before you get to your car. Check out a couple of those bushes that are out there in the desert. They're, just, they're not doing so good, right? Maybe you've got a couple at your house. You're trying to nurse them along. You know it's not going to make it. That thing's it's, it's toast, especially when the summer comes along. It's dry. It's dead. And Jeremiah is making a comparison to us when we rely upon something. Cursed is the one who trusts in man and who draws strength from flesh. We love to be able to rely upon things in this world, even upon other people. And Jeremiah says, if you do that, your faith is going to be dead. You're going to falter. You're going to sin. Uh, the Bill Myers one day took me on a, on a hike. We went on a hike together. And uh, you guys should go on it uh, right up at Spur Cross and Jewel of the Creek. There's a, a beautiful little creek right there in Cave Creek that runs down and it has water in it for a good portion of the year. Real easy hike, super beautiful. Get out this time of year and experience God's creation. This is a picture of Jewel of the Creek, that little river that runs down there. And one of the neatest pieces, at least for me, is the trees that grow alongside of this river. They are, they are just massive. They're like these 35-foot cottonwoods that look like somebody brought them from some other state and planted them right there along the river. They're just, they're just beautiful. They're growing to perfection. Even if you look at an aerial view of it, uh, look that up later today, you can't see the water because it's covered by these trees. It looks like this river of trees that run through there. It's, it's beautiful. Well... That has to do with the next piece that Jeremiah tells us. He says, but blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord. They will be like a tree that is planted by the water. It does not fear when the heat comes. Its leaves are always green. It has no worries in a year of drought and never fails to bear fruit. When we are connected uh, with our Savior, when we are connected to God, that is when we are blessed. The one who trusts in the Lord. 
And the question isn't asked there, but it's, it's totally implied when Jeremiah compares that, that dead, shriveled bush and this bright green tree that, by the way, is so flourishing, it is bearing fruit for others. The question there is asked, who do you trust? Do you put your faith in, in men, in the flesh, or do you put your faith in, in God and allow him to do the rest? It's so easy to, to trust ourselves and to think that we are blessed when things are just going right in our lives. We need to recognize that we're blessed at all times and in all places. We can try to rely upon people around us and see how that goes for us. You can rely upon doctors. You can rely upon economists. You can rely upon scientists. You can even rely upon pastors. But in the end, we're all just people who are fallible. We make mistakes. We don't do everything correct. Or you can rely upon God. You've probably heard the name uh, Helen Keller before. She's the one that's sitting there on the right. Uh, Helen Keller uh, was uh, unfortunately diagnosed with a really bad infection at 19 months old. And because of that infection and it being so bad, she lost her sight. Uh, the other woman pictured there in which Helen is seated with is a lady named Ann Sullivan. You might not know her as well. Uh, she met Helen when she was about uh, six or seven years old, and she actually is also blind herself. And she took on the task of being able to teach Helen how to communicate. And so what she would do is spell out letters inside of her hand and then allow her to touch something to know what that was. D-O-L, touch a doll. D-O-L-L, -L, doll. D-O-L-L, -L, doll. And then she would do that again. W-A-T-E-R, water. And back and forth until she started learning tons and tons of words, all different types of vocabulary. And finally one day, uh, Anne says she spelled in Helen's hand the letters L-O-V-E. But Helen sang back to her, what is love? She didn't know. It didn't have a, a definition for her. It didn't make sense. It's something that she was searching for. And to be completely honest, it's something that doesn't always make sense in our world, too. And it's something that people are always searching for. But the good news is, God has given us a super loving answer. And he does so in his word. I don't know if I can define it better than this anywhere. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. You see, God looks down at this world and he too sees people who have a, a horrible infection of sin. Because of that, people who have been blinded to what true love 
actually is. But in his infinite mercy and grace, he sends a teacher down to us who knows just what it's like to be able to face the things that we face on this earth, to be able to live here with us, to be able to live here for us, one who comes not with billions to be able to spend upon us, but with a love that covers billions and billions of sins. And today Jesus does that just for you and just for me. It's the heritage that we get to look back upon of the martyr that came to be able to give us perfection, that came to be able to give us his love. And he signs that perfectly with his hands upon that cross for you and for me. You don't need to remember everything that I told you today. You don't need to know everything that's in Scripture. You just need to remember the most important things. Let's pray. Dear Lord, we thank you for the time that you give us today. Uh, to be able to hear from your word, to be able to rely upon you, and to be able to know that we are truly blessed because you say that we are children of God. Allow us to be able to sign this and share this to everybody we come in contact with, to be creative with it, Lord, uh, to go over the boundaries that occur within this world, to be able to pass that spiritual blindness that people have, and that know, we'll just know that your spirit will open up the hearts of people that we communicate with and share your son with. So Lord, uh, do that for us today. Empower us through this time of communion that we have together, that we will be able to go out into your world as your disciples, knowing again that we are blessed. We love you, Jesus. Amen.